When sharing your faith with a Latter-day Saint, it helps to know what their church has taught on several basic topics. For this reason, Mormonism Research Ministry has provided its Crash Course Mormonism. Crash Course Mormonism includes concise articles highlighting what LDS leaders and church manuals have taught on issues that will probably come up in a typical conversation. You can find these informative articles at CrashCourseMormonism.com. That's CrashCourseMormonism.com. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. With me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. We are wrapping up. Today will be our last broadcast looking at this sermon, this talk, given by Brad Wilcox from BYU titled, His Grace is Sufficient. If you haven't been able to catch all of these broadcasts, we encourage you to go to our website, mrm.org, and on the right-hand side, click the box that says On Air. You will find a list of all the past broadcasts, as well as an archive that has every show that we've ever done. encourage you to do so. As we've mentioned before, this is a talk that was given as a result of him of Mr. Wilcox talking to a BYU student who was struggling with the Mormon concept of grace, and he was trying to explain what grace really is to her, and I hope I have to understand to give her some comfort. However, when you start adding the commandments and you start adding covenants, that seems to undo a lot of what grace is all about, and this is why we feel that this is a very confusing and inconsistent message, and I tend to doubt that the young lady after listening to Mr. Wilcox's explanation, walked out feeling really much better than when she walked in. But we're going to wrap this up today, and we're going to start off with Mr. Wilcox talking about a young man who sent him an email. He writes, One young man wrote me the following email, I know God has all power, and I know he will help me if I'm worthy, but I'm just never worthy enough to ask for his help. I want Christ's grace, but I always find myself stuck in the same self-defeating and impossible position. No work, no grace. I wrote him back and testified with all my heart that Christ is not waiting at the finish line once we have done all we can do, quote-unquote. That's Se- interesting that he throws Second Nephi 25-23 yeah. in yep. there. Uh, that's, boy, that was really interesting. Yeah, he is with us every step of the way. Then he says, uh, Elder Bruce C. Hafen has written, The Savior's gift of grace to us is not necessarily limited in time to, quote-unquote, after all we can do. We may receive his grace before, during, and after the time when we expend our own efforts. There you go, though. See, he, he's, he's trying to comfort them by quoting Bruce Hafen, but I don't get a lot of comfort from this because he still shows... We may receive his grace before, during, and after the time when we expend our own efforts. And this was the struggle that the young lady was having. This is what brought her into his office in the first place. This is what caused the young man to write him that email. I want Christ's grace, but I always find myself stuck in the same self-defeating, impossible position. No work, no grace. So where do they get this? Now, he, he goes on to say, 
So grace is not a booster engine that kicks in once our fuel supply is exhausted. Rather, it is our constant energy source. It is not the light at the end of the tunnel, but the light that moves us through the tunnel. Grace is not achieved somewhere down the road. It is received right here and right now. It is not a finishing touch. It is the finisher's touch. Again, he's really clever with these little, yeah. little sayings. But do they really bring comfort? Grace is not achieved somewhere down the road? Really? Is that what Mormonism teaches? Now, I'm not saying that there isn't an amount of grace along the road, but how do you receive the grace that actually forgives you of your sins? By that keeping is the what, covenants. Exactly. That's what gives you the peace that passes all understanding, is knowing that your sins are already forgiven that everything is taken care of, that if you were to die right now, there's nothing left undone. Maybe that young lady really did understand Mormonism. Maybe, she, maybe her concerns were valid in the sense that she's coming to get answers, and she is trying to get these answers from this guy who's not really giving it to her, but in a sense... I mean, is, and the, the Mormon gospel very clearly talks about how you must keep the covenants. We've said this all the way through these broadcasts, that you can't do it any other way without your own efforts. How, how did this young man who sent him the email come up with that conclusion, no work, no grace? Who told him that? Who told him that? See, these are the questions that I ask when I'm talking with Latter-day Saints. Where did you get this? It goes back to their own scriptures, or it goes back to something that some Mormon leader said. It's not from the New Testament. They don't get it from the New Testament. Listen to this. This is Clyde Williams, another BYU professor, an assistant professor of ancient scripture. This was in the Ensign Magazine, October 2006, page 53, if you want to look it up. He said, The perfect relationship between the atoning grace of Christ and the obedient efforts of mankind is powerfully stated by Nephi. We know that it is by grace that we are saved after all we can do. The same verse that Mr. Wilcox quoted, which I found was interesting. Furthermore, Mr. Williams goes on to say, Furthermore, we are invited to come unto Christ and be perfected in him. When we deny ourselves of all ungodliness, then and only then is his grace sufficient for us, mm -hmm. quoting Moroni 10.32. You do the work, you get the grace. That's where this young man got it. So he's understanding what his scriptures are telling him. Now, am I taking this out of context? Well, we have here uh, Joseph Fielding McConkie and Robert L. Millett in their doctrinal commentary on the Book of Mormon. Indeed, it is only after a person has so performed a lifetime of works and faithfulness only after he has come to deny himself of all ungodliness and every worldly lust, taking that from the Joseph Smith translation out of Matthew, because that's not in Moroni 10.32, he says, only after he has come to deny himself of all ungodliness and every worldly lust, that the grace of God, that spiritual increment of power, is efficacious. Mm -hmm. It doesn't kick in until you've denied yourself of all ungodliness. No wonder this young man was feeling inadequate. No wonder this young lady that comes to him at the beginning of his message feels inadequate. 
it's what their scriptures are telling them. And yet, this is the conclusion of Wilcox in his talk. He says, the grace of Christ is sufficient, sufficient to cover our debt, sufficient to transform us, and sufficient to help us as, as long as that transformation process takes. The Book of Mormon teaches us to rely solely on the, quote, merits and mercy and grace of the Holy Messiah, end quote, 2 Nephi 2.8. As we do, we do not discover, as some Christians believe, that Christ requires nothing of us. There's your straw man again. <laughs> again, I, I know. I, I don't know what to do with this. I, I mean, we keep hearing this over and over. He's, he wants to say one thing, and then in the same sentence, he reverses his position. Coming from a biblical worldview, Mr. Wilcox, you make no sense. I know you're trying to help these people, but this makes no sense because grace doesn't come by any effort on our part. It can't be something that we have to do in order to get it. Otherwise, it's like merited mercy. It makes no sense. It's got to be unmerited. And yet, we hear this time and time again. They are confusing these two issues, and it becomes very frustrating. It's like giving somebody a birthday present and then saying, okay, now you owe me a thank you card. Yeah, I mean, is it a present? Is it a gift? It is something you're giving to somebody, or is it something you have a strings to attached? And according to Mormonism, there are strings attached to salvation. He, he ends this up by quoting uh, Neil Maxwell, who passed away a few years ago, and he, and he encourages people about, keep trying, don't look for escapes and excuses, look for the Lord in his perfect strength, don't search for someone to blame, search for someone to help you, seek Christ, and as you do, I promise you will feel the enabling power we call his amazing grace. I have a statement here from David Bedner. Uh, it's in a sermon that he gave called In the Strength of the Lord. This is a conference edition. November 2004, page 76, 77. Nevertheless, the Lord God showeth us our weaknesses, that we may know that it is by grace and his great condescensions unto the children of men that we have power to do these things. Brothers and sisters, please pay particular attention to the word grace as it is used in the verse I just used. In the Bible dictionary, we learn that the word grace frequently is used in the scriptures to connote a strengthening or enabling power. He goes on to say, it is likewise through the grace of the Lord that individuals, through faith in the atonement of Jesus Christ and repentance of their sins, there you go, through repentance of their sins, and you cannot neglect the Mormon definition of that word repentance. Mm -hmm. That's what causes them the problem. But through the repentance of their sin, they receive strength and assistance to do good works that they otherwise would not be able to maintain if left to their own means. This grace is an enabling power that allows men and women to lay hold on eternal life and exaltation after they expended their own best efforts. It comes back to the covenant. You have to make the agreement. You shake hands. You say, this is what I'm going to do. You receive the goods later. But it's something that Mormonism is very much taught, exaltation after you've done what you have to do. This takes us right back to the beginning of the message. The poor young lady coming to him, wanting consolation, admitting she just can't live up to that high standard. This goes back to the story of Stephen Robinson's wife. It goes back to the story of this Janus person that Robert Millet talks about in his book, Grace Works. Where are they getting these ideas where are they getting these ideas? We've read a lot of the quotes that I think that's where they're getting them from, I, from I, General Conference. I think we've proved our case that Mormonism, the Mormon gospel, 
is not the New Testament gospel. Why are we doing what we're doing here? We're doing it because we want the Mormon people to experience that peace that passes understanding, that peace that we, as Bible-believing Christians, are experiencing right now. Do we really sound like we want to just go out and do whatever we want to do? No. No. We can't experience that when we have such a heavy weight on our shoulders either. I mean, a peace that passes all understanding, there's a contentment, there's something to know that Jesus has done it all, he's paid it all, all to him I owe, not all to him I owe, and then Jesus gives me the rest. And there are Mormons out there wondering, well, why do you evangelicals say that you, we believe in a different Jesus? Well, obviously we must. Look what your Jesus expects of you, and look at what the New Testament Jesus expects of his people. It's completely different. It's completely different. The Jesus of the New Testament wants us to rely on what he did for his people in the forgiveness of their sins. Your Jesus, the Mormon Jesus, wants you to be able to get rid of all your sins and stop sinning. That's what your Jesus expects. It's impossible. They are not the same. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism. As with most Christian organizations, Mormonism Research Ministry depends on the generous financial support of friends like you. If you like what we do and how we do it, would you consider helping MRM meet its financial obligations? Merely go to our website, mrm.org. At the right, you'll see a donate button. Click there and follow the instructions. MRM is a Christian nonprofit 501c3 organization and your gifts are tax deductible. Not only that, they are greatly appreciated. Thank you for your support of this ministry.